Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official podcast of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, the Buck, Kirk Buckner, the owner of the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com and its sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame and the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. Well, we hope everyone's staying safe and in everyone's quarantine or self-exile, however you want to put that. Uh, at least we've got the National Football League and a lot of free agency and trades to sort of keep us occupied. Uh, Vinny Laspinuso, our resident expert, uh, the wunderkind of sorts when it comes to all things pro football, uh, gave me a shout and said he wanted to just talk about everything that sort of transpired, and of course I said yes. So without further ado, let's bring in Vinny, who uh, has got quite a few comments as to what has sort of transpired in this wacky week of the National Football League and the quarterback carousel, that is. Vinny, the apocalypse has happened, and I'm not talking about the coronavirus. Tom Brady is not a patriot. Oh, this feels so jarring for me, man. I mean, my entire life, I grew up seeing this guy wearing the navy, the silver, and the red. Yeah, red, white, blue, but come on. It's more, it's more silver and navy than it is white and blue. And, you know, winning six Super Bowls, going through three others, all those division titles and playoff appearances and winning records and MVPs, all pros, Pro Bowls, yada, yada, yada. He's now not a New England Patriots. Uh, now, that part... You're not kidding I'm when you say all your life. life. Yeah, it's just so it's so jarring. Like, that was the news that consumed me and most people. Like, yeah, I could talk about, oh, why not the primaries? Well, come on, Biden won all of those. What was the real surprise was seeing him not with the Patriots. But that wasn't even the biggest surprise. Many people thought that he'd be going to, like, the Raiders... Or the Titans, but that didn't happen. Instead, what happened is that the Raiders got Marcus Mariota as a backup, and the Titans re-signed Ryan Tannehill. And then we also thought he would go to the Chargers. Right. It seemed like that was the case with what they did in free agency. We'll talk about that in a bit. But because his family is on the East Coast, he says, okay, I'll be an East Coast guy. But then he signed, even though it's not official, he's going to be signing a multi-year deal with each year worth $30 million to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know. it's uh, As a Saints fan, this is pretty jarring. I've got him now twice a year. It's I was trying to think, you know, right before we, we spoke, what this is most similar to. And I came uh, up with two, and it, they're not even close. It, just in my lifetime. The first was when Montana became a Kansas City Chief. The second, when Brett Favre became a New York Jet. and But both of those cases, you knew they were going to go somewhere else because they had incumbents waiting in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Young and Aaron Rodgers, respectively. Uh, three mm-hmm. of, and when we talk about those four players, three of them are Hall of Famers, and the fourth one will be also in Rodgers. This one, New England, has nobody right now. This was very unexpected, even though... The whispers were saying, oh, it's, it could happen, it could happen. You just can't visualize it. it it's, it's like when Julia Roberts, uh, this again, sort of before your time, when she was considered the hottest woman on the planet right after her pretty woman days, and then she married Lyle Lovett. It's like, what? What the hell is what? this? You know, and it's the same thing, uh, seeing uh, or envisioning p- the first time Brady puts on that pewter, that pewter helmet. It just won't work. It's it's not going to work because, I mean, the, the, the Buccaneers are getting new uniforms, so you're not going to be seeing the alarm clock uh, numbers anymore. Oh my God. But still, just seeing him ditch the Navy for pewter is going to be very, very jarring for, I think, basically everyone. Even his own teammates are going to feel very, very offset by, it. like, what the hell? Tom Brady's on our team? Are you serious, right? Like, it, it just doesn't seem real. It feels very, very Twilight Zone-ish, which makes sense considering that's kind of the age we're living in right now with the coronavirus. But, man, he's not – he's going to the NFC. And not only that, the NFC South, a division where you have two other Hall of Famers and mm-hmm. Drew Brees and Matt Ryan in that same division. Yep. And, like, man, that team, they have some weapons. They have some weapons. They've re-signed a few guys, and they have no state tax. They have a lot of cap space. And now I'm guessing 
a lot of a lot of players need to want to go there. They should want to go there. And, well, Antonio they? Brown, Tom Brady, quarterback. He kept in, co- in contact with Antonio Brown. If anyone can sort of uh, maybe resurrect that individual, because. Uh, I, I did that, as you know, that list of those go, going into the preseason uh, with their current Hall of Fame ranking, and you, you had a bit of input on that, and I thank you for it. Antonio Brown was in that top ten, and nobody had a worse year than Antonio Brown right. did. If anyone can sort of have a comeback through the mentorship of a quarterback, it's this guy, if Tampa wants to take that shot. Question I have with Antonio Brown is that you already have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on this team. You mm-hmm. also have Cameron Brayton and you know OJ Howard. So the question I have is, you know, you have Godwin and Evans who are coming off of Pro Bowl All Pro years. You have Antonio Brown, who statistically is the best wide receiver of the 2010 decade, if you don't count his final year, uh, his last year, mm-hmm. latest year in the league. So, who, so everyone's going to want the ball. Every one of those players is going to want the ball. And Brady's one quarterback. So how's this going to work? Will he, in fact, get signed by the Buccaneers? So that, I say, let's wait for a bit. Because if he would have gone to the, if Brady would have gone to the Chargers, I would have said, oh, yeah, I can definitely see Antonio Brown there. But with the Buccaneers, when you're in a situation with a few other weapons, a few other wide receivers, a few other all pros, it makes me a little bit more hesitant to think about having Antonio Brown. Yeah. I think it would be pretty cool, but, but I think... There, there, there's always the one cure, though, Vinny, and that's buying in thinking that you've got the chance to win it all. You know, you have a good point right there. Though I do ask for the Buccaneers, like, they do need to improve that offensive line, which I can see them getting in the first round this year or even free agency. They have a lot of cap space. And come on. Again, you have, you're in Florida. You have no state tax. You had the Super Bowl this year in Tampa. I mean, you have Bruce Arians as your head coach. I got to say, I'm excited for this Buccaneers team. And yeah, I understand that Brady didn't have that great of a season, but you can definitely, you definitely know with Tom Brady, unlike James Winston, you know he's going to be a lot more careful with the ball. You know he's going to be a lot more precise in the decision making, and you know that he's not going to throw the ball over the place, all over the place, right? Regardless and, of all of his jersey. And 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 you brought up a good point there too, because uh, Winston, if you, if someone just looks at his stats. You're thinking, oh, why is somebody jettisoning a 5,000-yard uh, passer? There's, there's reasons why they're doing it, because uh, he was mistake-prone. And it always seemed when you're watching a Buccaneers game, he was the guy who, who would take you out of it. And then sort of like try to – and he would get – how much of those yards were garbage? Uh, like I, I don't know the exact percentage. I'm sure some great website tape looks at that. But it's got to be huge. Uh, it was it, – Statistically, this is both his best season ever and his worst season ever. Right. Because he, he, this is literally like one of the greatest worst seasons. He is literally like the Trolls 2 or the room of quarterback seasons. It's the best worst. It's so bad, but it's also so good at the exact same time. And it's still very enjoyable. Now, as for Jameis Winston's future career, I have no idea what's going to happen. Because I thought the Chargers would be a good place for him. They're saying they don't. They don't want anyone, so they're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. They're probably going to take Justin Herbert. I personally, personally, me, I think Winston's either going to be a backup somewhere, which I think he is a starting caliber quarterback. Absolutely. But I think it would be pretty cool if him and Brady switch spots. Let's see Janus with the Patriots after Brady, after Tom went to the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are playing the Patriots this year, coronavirus willing. But yeah, no, no, the, the, Buc- the Buccaneers are not playing the Patriots this year. Are you sure? I'm positive. Oh, the what the Buccaneers hell was I reading? Not playing. I could have sworn no, that's why I read. Against, playing against the AFC West, not the AFC East. Oh well, then what do I know? Yeah, but um, I mean, Jameis is still unsigned at this current moment. Uh, where do you think he's going to go? Patriots seems like like a pretty good spot. Uh, how what how's Stafford getting along with it with with his uh, situation? Uh, Stafford, so far, uh, it's going it's going decently well. Um, Stafford's not leaving, and the Lions just brought in more Patriots guys and Danny Shelton, and they also uh, traded for Jaron Harmon. So they really want to make that the uh, Detroit Patriots or the Motor City Patriots. Uh, 
I mean, same thing's going on in Miami. Uh, they just signed, um, you know, uh, Bed Ferris and Kyle Van Noy. Makes sense. Matt Patricia and Brian Flores. Um, but I have no idea what's going to happen with, uh, I think, I think Stafford's staying put. He's not leaving. Where else, like, where, what's another, uh, other possible landing spot, you think? I think the, uh, I think Andy Dalton, I'm shocked that he wasn't traded yet. Um, he's not, he's not going to the Bears now, we're talking about in the bit. But I could see the Patriots for Dalton. That I'd see more likely. Actually, then, uh, Same here. I think, yeah. I think Dalton's more likely for the Patriots than Winston is. Yeah, but I see Dalton as a more of a bridge guy. But um, what other options have you thought of? Well, I really haven't. I, like I'm still, I'm still almost in shock with this. I mean, they say that they're for Jared Sidham, but really see them only sticking with Jared Sidham and no one else. No, I don't. No, God, no, no. Well, they're also they could, now that opens up their whole draft too. I mean, they should have been looking quarterback anyway at some point. You know they're prepared. How, how, how old is Belichick now? How much longer is he going to be doing this? Well, Belichick's younger than Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's going to keep coaching. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But you know, you know, you never know. Uh, there's so many different places he could go. It's not going to be Minnesota. They're going all in uh, with Cousins, Tennessee, all in on Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's w- true. W- Winston's uh, got to be thinking, what the hell. I mean, like him and Cam Newton have to be like calling each other. Like we were supposed to be running this division right now for a year for another decade. Instead, Breeze and Ryan are still there, and instead, you get two TVs. You have both Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. who's now signed a three-year, sixty million dollar deal with the Carolina Panthers. So I don't see them getting a quarterback in the draft. And you have the other TV going to TV Tampa Bay. Do you think that the Panthers know something that a lot of us don't? Or are the Panthers just well, badly run? Uh, well, considering the way that – considering considering how Greg Olson was let go, right. considering the fact that they said that they mutually agreed – that we mutually agreed with Cam that he'll seek a trade, and Newton said, no, you never did that. Yeah, so, exactly. No, I think there are issues with – I think there are issues with the Carolina Panthers. I really do. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I just don't like the way they're treating Cam Newton. I don't like the way the fans have just turned their back on him so quick. Like, he's the guy who got you to a Super Bowl and was pretty damn close. Yeah, he had a bit of a meltdown at, at, at the post-game uh, press conference. A lo- I, I think he's entitled. Yeah, and like now, Grant, you've seen some other people that say, oh, see, this is, this is racism because... The racist officials never called against uh, get called against any of the players against Newton. They have a deep seated hatred for Newton. It's racism because you're seeing some people say that because of course you are. I don't know if it's racism, but you know I feel like those same people are going to ask for Newton's chance for the Hall of Fame. But unless he like you know gets a little bit better and gets another Pro Bowl season, I can. But right now, I think you know you're going to have those people that think he's been. I, I think later on you're going to get those people that say that, oh, he was wronged by the media or whatever. Same thing with Tony Romo, but probably even more extreme because they sent to it. Well, Tony Romo, people – like, how hard is it to be, first off, being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback? Uh, it's, it's, it's right up there with uh, being a Toronto Maple Leaf. The, the media is on yeah. you nonstop. Uh, Cam Newton just seemed to get – a, the rough end of the deal. I've been to a couple Panthers games in Carolina. No disrespect, uh, Carolina fans. You're not exactly the most dedicated. You're, you're, you're kind of fickle. <laughs> so I don't know. It's well, how about Newton uh, going to new England? I could see that. Um, they could say that I've heard people say, Oh, Kaepernick's going to Patriots. Kaepernick's going, Kaepernick's going, going nowhere. Kaepernick is Ka- Kaepernick is done, and, and that's it. I mean, basically, I'm just saying, shut up, Robert Lapal. He's not going to the Patriots. Just stop, stop pretending that fantasy. He's not going to the Patriots. Okay. No, there is a. We'll address this once and for all. Colin Kaepernick, his NFL career is over. I'm 
upset that it happened. It shouldn't have. He should have had an opportunity after after what sort of occurred. At this point, I don't believe that he actually wants to play. He's far happier. Yeah, he's far happier being a martyr. And that's it. That's all. Uh, end of story. Yeah. Uh, loved his message. Not so fond of the messenger. Oh, yeah. And, like, even for the message itself, he kind of, it kind of turned into an us versus them sort of situation. Where it was, if you dare, and Eric Reed, who, by the way, was cut. I saw Panthers, that. I saw that, yeah. I, I, I don't know why, but I was, I was kind of laughing, believe it or not. I was laughing. And I have nothing against Eric Reed, but at the same time, it's like he, he always, whenever, whenever anyone dares like questions uh, the decisions of Reed or Kaepernick, uh, Reed just latches on them, calls them not a real black person, calls them a coon, calls them you know fickle, calls them um, a white person. Like, dude, you have issues. You have issues, and maybe you don't, but you could at least frame it a little bit better. Yeah, we're, we're going on a tangent that we probably don't mean to. Uh, <laughs> there's another big quarterback shift. Uh, this person I'm personally cheering for a lot. I don't know why I am, but, but I really am, and I know you wanted to touch on this. Uh, Philip Rivers is now an Indianapolis Colt. I'm so happy for, I'm so happy for Philip Rivers. Uh, Eli Manning retired. Ben Roethlisberger's staying, but how much longer? And Philip Rivers is changing teams. Going, he's basically doing the reverse Johnny United. Instead of going from the Colts to the Chargers, <laughs> we're just going from the Chargers to the Colts. Except this time, instead of Baltimore to San Diego, it's Los Angeles to Indianapolis. How do you think he'll do? I think he'll, I think he's going to do very, very well there. I mean, you look at the Colts, you have arguably the best offensive line in the, in the league. You have a building defense, a young defense, but decent special teams. Rancid Vinatieri needs to get a little bit better. And as for the West, oh, I mean, they have Jack Doyle, they have T.Y. Hilton, they're going to probably get some more um, offensive help. I have a lot of confidence in the Colts organization and the Colts team, and he has familiarity with Frank Wright and the other members of the coaching staff. I think he's going to flourish there. It just makes so much sense. I'm with you, Phil. And I think you've got a personal thing that you've, uh, a little message to Mr. Jim Trotter. Yes, um, Jim Trotter. I like, I respect you a lot as an individual. I think you're a very, very humble man that is a little bit more like, you know, transparent. However, I have the same issue with you here as I did when you said that you were butthurt that Flores and Coriel didn't make it. Okay. You had a chance, Jim, to get both Flores and Coriel in several times, and you didn't do it. So stop pretending you care so much about them when you clearly didn't care about them enough to put them in. And yes, I know there's multiple multiple voters, but a lot of people like to see the entire voting process as one person. And therefore, fair or not, you are included in that. Not only that, now you're saying, oh, I don't know about Phil Rivers because of the postseason. You know, if Phil Rivers is making it sooner, we know who to turn to if he's not in. We're going to turn to you. We're going to turn to you, and we're going to slam you for it. We're going to slam you for it, and we're going to slam it for you hard. Not only that, if you're coming up with the postseason performance, I'm pretty sure Bengals fans probably hate your guts, too, for Ken Anderson not being in, or other quarterbacks that might not have done as well, quote-unquote, as well in the playoffs. Okay, if you're talking about playoffs, this guy had a torn ACL, and yet he played an entire game regardless because the guy was tough. And it's not his fault if the defense isn't that good. I mean, people are still questioning why the quarterback win is even a stat for the quarterback and not for the coach. I mean, it is for the coach, but why is it for the quarterback? It just seems very, very hypocritical. And, you know, this stuff is why a lot of people have had a, a growing animosity with a lot of voters because when they speak their mind, it's usually hypocritical. And if they don't, I mean, don't worry, Jim. Again, I have nothing but respect you, but keep in mind you open yourself up to a big, big, big amount of people that are going to slam you if Rivers doesn't make it sooner. And I would not be shocked if some people in Rivers' base 
has a grudge against you because of you saying that. You know what I was just thinking might be an interesting wager? I know we don't usually do that. I might save this one for uh, for Mr. Evan Nolan when I talk to him later. But uh, mm-hmm. who do you think has a better year, Rivers or Brady? Oh, that's actually a good question. Um, well, you look at the NFC. The NFC is a much tougher conference than the AFC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that people want to say that, oh, Rivers had a down year. No, Brady also had a pretty down year, too. And you could say that Brady looked more old than Rivers did. Yeah, very much so. And Rivers is going to yeah. be playing in a far weaker division. He's going to play a far weaker division with, yeah, you have the Titans, but, and you have the Texans, but we'll talk about the Texans. Yes, we are. And, yeah, and you have the Jaguars in that division. Again, what more do I have to say about that? They're, they're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you look at the NFC South, and you look at the NFC South. I mean, the Falcons are a little bit weaker, but you still have Matt Ryan. Uh, the Panthers... They lost several players, so I think that might be okay. I think, okay, I get where that's coming from. But you look at the New Orleans Saints, one of the true marquee elite teams in the entire league. That they are. Thank you for saying so. Well, yeah, they won 13-3, and and they were the three seed because of how tough that conference was. I mean, I think that's a pretty good case to say that the Saints are one of the best teams in the mm-hmm. NFL. There's no one in the AFC South that is close to that. You know, so I'm going to go on record then. Uh, I'm, I'm saying uh, Rivers has the better year. I think he will too. Yeah. Um, even though that there's more weapons, hypothetically, in Tampa than Indianapolis, the Colts could also get a player or two in the draft. They also did trade for DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick. That's a very good move. And as for the Buccaneers, I mean, yeah, they resigned a few guys, but all they did was just bring in Brady. Mm-hmm. Really it. I mean, that's right now. This could change for the future. But right now, all they did was bring in Brady. And there's people that want to play for the Buccaneers, but let's see what happens. they got to sign the contracts. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we are, you touched on something, and I'm glad you did, because this is this probably the – while Tom Brady being a Buccaneer is the biggest shock, the biggest head-scratcher to me, or, or the biggest uh, – my show, I can say this – my biggest what the fuck – was DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. And the what the fuck, I'm looking at Houston. What the hell are you doing? I just, I'm just baffled by this. I mean, let me tell you who was traded for a first-round pick as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Roy Williams, Joey Galloway, Percy Harvin, and there's a few other guys, um, Brandon Cooks was traded for a first-rounder twice. He might even get traded for a first-rounder again, for all we know. And Randy Moss and Odell Beckham Jr. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the marquee, one of the truly best players, not just a wide receiver, just in the NFL period. All he was traded for? (laughs) All he was traded for was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. A fourth round pick and an aging running aging injury prone running back with a bad contract. Yeah, who was who's that? Yeah, we're not talking twenty. Tw- we're not talking twenty seventeen. David Johnson. They traded for twenty twenty. David Johnson. Like what? I I don't I I don't understand it. There even if <laughs> there's no scenario I can think of where Houston wins this trade unless Hopkins falls off the earth. He's not going to fall off the earth. He's had Kyler Murray as his quarterback. Oh, Kyler, Kyler Murray's had an erection since this trade's happened. It still hasn't gone soft. How happy is he? More than four hours. It's going to last you at least the full season. I mean, it, it's built in Viagra. Like this is, it's incredible. I, I can't believe what they're thinking, what they're doing. I don't even know. I mean, I mean that's also why Philip Rivers is so happy to go to that division too. Oh, oh, not not only not only that. You know, the Cardinals have the eighth overall, the eighth pick overall in this draft, and because the Texans decide to trade away their first round picks for this year and next year for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, they don't have a first round pick until 2022. So you would think trading away one of the best players in the league would get you a first round pick in compensation. But nope, only a second, a fourth, and an age, and a 
basically wa- almost washed up running back. Even the fact that the Cardinals even got another pick because they got a fourth rounder too. Yep. <laughs> like, like I, what the hell? I mean, man, can you imagine? And, and this is what I thought was also disgusting. Bill O'Brien, who runs the show there, they don't have an official GM because Bill O'Brien calling the shots and you know how great he is as a general manager. <laughs> um, he called him in. And then he, he said the last time I had someone call in personally was Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> he was about, oh, it's baby mamas. I was disgusted by that. I was really disgusted by that because, and you also saw some, you also saw some, you also saw some former Texans call out Bill O'Brien saying he was a bad leader. He doesn't understand players. And you got to feel, you got to feel for Deshaun Watson. His line is open. Oh, better but it's still not great you lost your best weapon your best friend and yeah you have Will Fuller but he's good but he's always hurt you have Kenny Stills who's number number three guy and yeah you got Randall Cobb coming in but it's not DeAndre Hopkins it's none of them are DeAndre Hopkins and now you're gonna pay Deshaun Watson a whole bunch of money and you're still paying no no you're paying David Johnson's contract David, I mean, the Texans already had Lamar Miller on that. Lamar Miller's on that team. Uh, I don't know if he's still on that team or, or if he's a free agent now. Um, yeah, he's still, he's still on the roster. Lamar Miller is on the roster still. Well, actually, I take that back. No, it's not. He's, he's a free agent now. So to replace Lamar Miller, whose, career, whose season ended and potentially even his career ended, after his ACL was torn, you're now bringing the guy, David Johnson, who has a whole host, a whole host of injury concerns coming back for the last several years. Hell, he was replaced by Kenyon Drake on the line. Kenyon Drake's now the starting running back because he had a monster year once he got the Cardinals. So, yeah, so last year he had 715 yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. That's not... It's not great. It's still productive in its, in its own capacity, but you're not. That's not something you trade the one of the top three wide receivers for. It, there's no logic to this. Not one stitch of logic. He's not. Get, how much better is he going to get at 29? Running backs are. He's not Frank Gore. He's not going to. He's not going to continue to just chug along. But then again, Frank Gore is like he's never hurt. He is always healthy for the most part with David Johnson he is essentially a box that says fragile on it like and Frank Gore I, I really hope I really hope Frank Gore gets signed because I love the man so much he will and I think he will but I'd much rather him get signed Frank Gore as a free agent than trade for David Johnson absolutely like, I'm- what are you getting David Johnson I totally agree with that. I a hundred percent agree with. I would rather have Frank Gore as my backup running back. I don't want him as my feature back, but I don't want He's David Johnson as either. Back. I don't want him as my feature or my backup right now. David Johnson, I'd have as my third at most. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I agree uh, at my third, and then hope that you know he still got a little bit left in the tank and can sort of like explode for a couple games here or there. And that's all he's got I mean, left. Get, I mean, you have guys. I mean, running back. There's a reason as to why running back is not as valued as much as he used to. I mean, yeah, running backs are valuable, but at the same time, we're finding out that you know you can really find a running back anywhere and be productive if you have the right scheme. That's why the the Texans last year all straight for Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson because the Texans still think that. The running back is the most valuable offensive skill position. It's not the 70s anymore. It's not the 60s. It's not the 50s anymore, guys. It's the 2020s. And in the 2020s, besides the quarterback, who's the more flashy star skill player? It's the wide receiver. And you dealt him for an aging, injury-prone running back. Yeah, and it's not that he's that old. He's, what, 28. But still, injury-prone is is very much accurate. And he's had... Let's just call it what it is. One outstanding season and nothing else. 
You know, you're not going to see an Adrian Peterson renaissance out of this guy because he wasn't Adrian Peterson. Because Adrian Peterson also had a 2,000 yard season. Adrian Peterson also won an MVP. Adrian Peterson is probably going to be a first team All Decade member. Mm-hmm. That guy is going to make it like that when he makes when he's eligible. Absolutely. David Johnson never even sniffing can. He's not. He's not going close. He's not a Hall of Fame guy at all. DeAndre no, Hopkins yeah. is a Hall of Fame guy. Well, he's also he got such a, a common name that in 50 years from now, he's probably not even the best David Johnson to ever play uh, football. Actually, my closest friend uh, back in Canada is named David Johnson. It's a good case. I mean, he might be more memorable there. It really depends. There's another trade I really want your take on. Uh, I... Because this is, I guess, if I if I have a number two team, I mean, just only because I've been to so many of their home games, I think you already know where I'm going with this. Uh, Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo. Now. But now, Houston, this, now, Houston, you should take some cues from Buffalo because, you know, they actually know how to trade. Because, I like Stephon Diggs. He's not, he's not DeAndre Hopkins. No. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. But at the same time, I would have expected a first-round pick out of Stephon Diggs because he is, he, he on a team, he could be the number one wide receiver. And I see number one wide receiver potential in him. Yes. And I think what they did, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, yeah, you have Cole Beasley and John Brown, but you need a little bit more than that for, for Josh Allen. And I think what the Buffalo's built, what the Buffalo Bills did, hey, yeah, you're giving up a first-round pick and a couple of day three picks. But in the case of the Buffalo Bills, Brady's gone. Brady, Brady's yep. gone. Exactly. You have a chance. You have a chance to win that division. You you have a chance to take that next step. And hell, even with with the seventh playoff team added in both conferences now, you have an even easier chance. You have an easier chance to take it, take this opportunity and run with it. I mean, yeah, you only give it a first, a fifth, and a sixth, and a fourth next year. I mean. Now that, now that deal, that is a deal I like far more because, hey, the, the Bills pick was very close to the, the Vikings anyway. The Bills pick was, 20, 20, was 22. The Vikings pick was 25. So what the Vikings can do is potentially take those two picks and maybe trade up or even trade back with a few of those. It really depends on how they go about it. But, you know, you would think, again, going back to the Texans, they have the, I think they have the twenty, what is it, the twenty, the twenty, uh, twenty-sixth pick. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have the eighth pick, and they don't have a. The Texans don't have a pick for the next two years, and you would think potentially if you trade away DeAndre Hopkins, you take a wide receiver in that spot where the Cardinals would be. But no, no. <laughs> I like the pick from the Bills. I really do. Yeah, and for the Vikings, they did I okay. Like this too. Yeah, I mean they they, they don't they did okay. Diggs uh, was clearly unhappy, uh, so change of scenery I think will do him very very well. If this is where he can sort of like say that, prove that he's the wide receiver he's telling people he is, and he can be. Yeah, he can be. He really could. Uh, so Allen now has the best weapon of his career. Mm-hmm. And it'll be great. It'll be really interesting to see. And like you said. Uh, this uh, th- this happened what before Brady? Yeah, this happened before Brady uh, said he was gone, right? Yeah. Okay. So and so right now uh, the AFC East is sort of ripe for the picking, and let's not count New England out. They they could still win the division. I don't see it, but it, it could happen. I think there'll still be a playoff team though. Well, with that seventh team, oh shit! Tangent right now. I can't believe the players signed that CBA. I'm lo- I'm a little surprised by that too because it was by a very very narrow margin, and I'm fine with the seventh team, but I'm a little bit more skeptical about the seventeenth a seventeenth um, game. I know. I couldn't who's going to play that seventeenth game? Like, who in particular? What team are going to have for each each team? Is going to rotate? But how's it, how's it going to work? It's it's one of those things where let's remember that moment. Anytime that where other where other sports or just other fans or any athlete just wonders why the hell the football union is the weakest, right there is why. Because that's clearly something that's benefiting the owners far more than the players. 
Oh yeah, it is. I, I don't. I don't even know how you get a more people to vote for it and b about five hundred people not to vote at all. Yeah, a lot of people are throwing a lot of stuff at the. Uh, a lot of people are throwing a lot of stuff at the players right now, and some of it's deserving. But I also know that a lot of players vote against their own interests. What is it? What like? What's their rationale? They think they're getting more. I'm sure they are going. They they should get more money from it at, down the road. But I, I I don't understand. This would never happen in any other sport or team sport. Yeah, like not even the WNBA. Why, <laughs> that's why people really, really, really hate the, the football union. That's why they hate Dee Murray Smith. That's why, and a lot of these. Journalist like Mike Flurry, he's acting like a tough guy. Ooh, see, see Richard Sherman, see how tough do you think you are now? It's, it's just like very, very nasty, honestly. And I, uh, no offense, to Mike Flurry, but that's the reason why a lot of people openly don't like you. No, this is. Uh, I was perfectly fine the way it was. I liked six teams playoff. I liked sixty. Like these nice even numbers. I mean, it's very weird with, like, you know, seven teams. I mean, I think eventually in, like, 2030, you might see eight teams, potentially. Probably. Probably. You could say, oh, why so soon? Because, but didn't it take them, like, 30 years from the ad just at a seventh team? Yes, but at the same time, I mean, as much as people want to say that, oh, we're against the playoff teams, reality is they should actually want it because that gives their team a better chance to win it all. No, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like any of it. I liked – this is one, one of the sports, the team sports, where I just liked, liked it almost perfectly. Actually, actually, I shouldn't say that one of them because hockey I like a lot now with uh, 16 teams out of 32. When I was a kid, it was still the same format. Well, not really. It was by division. But what, 16 teams, teams back at, then, like 20-something? 20, 20 21. So you'd watch the whole regular season and only like one team's eliminated in each division. It was so stupid. We're at, le- we're at least dumb. now, I mean, like the regular season has purpose. Yeah, I mean, but when, yeah, I, when, I, mean, when I was a kid, it was pointless. I mean, I, I would, I'd be fine with it if it was half the league, just, just half the league, but maybe don't go any further than just half the league because if you have like around half the league, that's okay. But if you go like, Ten teams in each conference? No. no. Well, okay, no. But that's that, that's neither here nor there. So we both agree that this is a good pick for both sides. Uh, I like I, – I don't know what it is about brash, cocky wide receivers. I love them. And I want to see Diggs prove prove himself. And, and, oh, and yeah. again, it's I mean, not that he hasn't. He has. It's He, he already has. I, I just want to see that. I want to see the city of Buffalo have something to cheer for. I've been to Buffalo many times. Buffalo, sorry, it's the city's. It's it's a it's a hard luck case dump of a city, and those people who are staying there, you don't have much else other than the Bills and the Sabers, and the Bills. Why would you cheer for the Sabers at this point? Well, oh my God, and that such wasted potential around Jack Eichel, but that that's another show. (laughs) Yeah, and like also. Going on with like fan bases in particular, um, I've noticed there is not one fan base that I've seen just more pissed off at um, from free agency than the Chicago Bears. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, we said yeah, we were going to talk about the Bears up, and yeah, we even talked about that you and I on Twitter. And I said, uh, Nick, sorry, Chicago, Nick Foles isn't your answer, and you responded, well, whoever is. My response, 1986 Jim McMahon. Yeah, but, but at the same time, when it comes to Bears fans, they're not going to be satisfied until these two guys are their quarterback. Jid Luckman and Jim McMahon. That is it. Because, yes, I'm, because the Bears are not known for great quarterback plays. They never have been. Outside of Luckman, who is the only Hall of Famer, unless you count George Blanda, uh, unless you count George Blanda, the only quarterback that was a Hall of Famer. Because unless you want to talk about Jim McMahon. No, he, he's not even close to a Hall of Famer. McMahon himself would tell you that. And I lived through that era, man. Like, Jim McMahon was the rock star, but he was the player who did enough. 
to get to get what is he like a what is he like a what is he like a homeless version of like Terry Bradshaw? But Bradshaw, Bradshaw was freaking great. Yeah, no, uh, it's no that no that's not even I wouldn't call him the homeless version of of, of Bradshaw. Just McMahon was, he, he he was he was a rebel. He was the blue collar rebel. He did things the way he wanted to do it, and he and he did enough. He he did enough. He his fame at the time was far far exceeded his ability. But then that, that entire mid-80s Bears were like that. I mean, the two most popular players on that team for that time, it wasn't Walter Payton. It, for a while, it was Jim McMahon and the refrigerator. It wasn't Dan Hampton. It wasn't yeah. Mike Singletary. It wasn't Jimbo Cupboard. Yeah. It was... Like when I, and now, granted, I'm seeing this uh, from the lens of a 13-year-old because that's how old I was when they won the Super Bowl. But those were the those were the perceived stars. When you looked in the crowd, people were yeah. Peyton was right there too. But it, people were wearing Perry jerseys. They were wearing McMahon jerseys. Uh, kids were getting their hair cut like Jim McMahon. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 yeah, like, this guy was a, a megastar for 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 one year. Same like Perry. I can't. I, I know you're not a wrestling guy, but if you ever watch WrestleMania two. Uh, that was they had they had a twenty man battle royal and it was in Chicago. Ooh. Two of the participants because they had six football players in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them were yeah. Bears: Jimbo Covert and William the Refrigerator Perry. Well, the, no, Perry's not making the Hall of Fame. Don't don't didn't say he was. Don't get, don't get. I, I'm just saying, but he actually is in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's true. Yeah, that is true. At least in one of the Hall of Fame, yes. and you know, Cover could be in the football one, um, and Cover could be in the football one, and Perry could be in the rest. Sure, See, but, everyone's happy. But I'm just saying the reaction that Perry got in that in that moment encapsulates everything about what the Bears were. That was only three months removed from when the Bears won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So just uh, you know, one of those things about how big that team was. In pop culture, in just everything, it still is. It still Bears is. Don't shut up about it. Well, yeah, and I maintain also to this day that the Super Bowl Shuffle is the reason that we have almost all these athletes who think they can rap. Most of you, I say this to almost all of you, no, you can't. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, you've seen Antonio Brown's uh, CD too. Uh, no more white women, twenty twenty. No. I That's haven't. good. That's good. Your your you, your your mind. And your body and your soul is still clean. Oh, you want to see some crap? Uh, uh, go find Chris Weber. Go find Chris Weber's rap album. Oh, oh, maybe that's why he's on the Hall of Fame. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why. Uh, there's I, one thing I've been talking about doing for the site for years, and I haven't got around to it. I mean, other other sites have done this, but I want to try and do something much much bigger. The 100 worst albums done by athletes, and th- there's so many. Terry Bradshaw put out some country music too. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. I, I know about that. Yeah, um, like there's also, some awful Tony Parker and a French rap album. No. Also, going back with the Bears. Yeah, let's go back to. I, I tangent. Sorry. Uh, don't worry. Uh, going back with the Bears. I actually don't mind the. The trade, believe it or not, I know, I don't like it, but at the same, I don't mind it because knowing Bears fans, let's be real, they would have gotten mad if it was Derek Carr, they would have gotten mad if it was Andy Dalton. I think the only one that would have been happy about it if they got would have been Cam Newton. But Cam Newton has been very injury prone the last several years, and yes, so has Nick Foles, but not even close to the level that Cam Newton has. Well, now 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 you've got uh. Well, now you've got the, I guess, a quarterback uh, fight in, in, in training camp. So I'm, I'm not ready to yeah. pull the plug on Trubisky. I don't think he's done. No, I don't think. I, I think Bears fans just want him. Bears fans want him gone right now. They want him gone. They want him to be eradicated from the face of the earth because you can just tell that by the way that Bears fans are. They are just sick of Trubisky already. They want him gone. They want him literally gone. And they literally want anything else. They just want Trubisky off. They wish that Foles was chained to the Bears and the Jaguars would have gotten 
Trubisky as well. And the Jaguars would have gotten Trubisky. They, they, just, they just wanted him gone. That's all they want. They just want him gone. The reason why I like this, the reason why I like this for the Bears is because, yeah, you're having his contract, but the way that it's structured, the Bears can easily cut him after the season. And you're going into a situation where you have Matt Nagy, who is from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which also had Doug Peterson, where he won the Super Bowl as the as the game's MVP. So I don't mind. I think, yeah, he's probably going to be the starter, potentially, but what this does is that it gives them some mentorship, gives them some leadership, gives a little bit of pressure on him because Foles is a very, very respected guy in the locker room. He's a very respected guy, and that needs to be accounted for in this as well. well I've got another Bears uh, question here for you. Uh, so Jimmy Graham signs. Yeah, they uh, were mad about that too. Okay, uh, why? They were mad because, oh, he's not he's, – He's not, he hasn't been good since 2012, even though that's not true. I don't know. I think, I think, I think they're just mad at the Bears because the last 20 years, with the way that Soldier Field has been like, with the way that several other issues with the, with the ownership, they hate ownership, they mm. hate the team, they're, they're just mad. They're just very, very angry individuals. Well, what do you think Jimmy Graham's got to do now? What does he have left to do for him to be a serious Hall of Fame contender? Uh, well, as we want to talk about Travis Kelsey, statistically this entire decade, Jimmy Graham has actually been the second best tight end of the 2010s. Sure, but I mean, but has he? He hasn't. He's had like only, which is weird to say, only two. Because as a tight end, that's that's still phenomenal. Two one thousand yard years. He's at seventy eight. Uh, was it? I'm just reading here. Seven eight thousand eight seven thousand eight hundred eighty three receiving yards. Damn good numbers for a tight end. But how much more does he have left in the tank? Uh, he can't block worth shit. Uh-huh. I'm saying that compared to him to Kelsey, um, he actually has a lot. He has a lot more touchdowns than Kelsey. Um, he's more of a touchdown guy than Kelsey. Where mm-hmm. Kelsey's more of a more of a yardage kind of guy, and that's why I'm comparing the two. That's why I think Graham mm-hmm. is more likely for. Um, that's why I think Graham's more likely for um, all decade than Kelsey. But it wouldn't be shocked for both. But as for Graham, I mean, he's 33. He's been banged up a little bit. He has not been a full board the last two seasons with the Packers, and he won't be again. Um, he, he, no, he's not going to be not going to be again. But hey, I, I could. I mean, he also. Honestly, kind of underachieved with the Packers. He only got five touchdowns in the two seasons he was there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, when he was with the Seahawks, those three seasons, 2017 had a great year. He had 10 touchdowns, but also in 2016, he had almost 1,000 yards receiving in one season. But I don't know. Like, he's already going in as the best tight end on that team. But at the same time, what does it say about you when your best tight end is 33 years old and has not been the same player the last couple of years. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, He needs a bounce back year. In my opinion, if he's really going to sort of, he needs that to be for the hall of fame push. He's got, he's in compiler stage right now. And sometimes when people are looking at the overall, 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 uh, Stats. That's what he's going to need. A sixth Pro Bowl, I think you and I can agree, is very, very unlikely. Can he stick around <laughs> long enough to get to that ten thousand yard mark? I'd say no. No, I don't think so either. But you're, you're you made that great point about the TDs. Seventy four touchdowns. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. <laughs> if he can, if he can sort of like add a few, if he can just sort of like put up Jason Witten numbers right now, which another weird thing seeing him as a Raider. Oh, oh, it, that's. I mean, you have Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and Jason Witten on the Raiders. <laughs> but, uh, that to me is—I'm surprised that's not getting more attention. Frankly, I, I'm shocked too. I, I think because people just think, "Oh, Witten's not not was never actually good," even though, yeah, Jason Witten was actually really, really, really good <laughs> when he was playing. Oh, he was fantastic! Prime, oh, yeah, eleven-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro. The guy has like what second most amount of receptions ever by a tight end. And that's that's pretty that's pretty elite right there. Obviously, he's he's going to a situation where 
know, Darren Waller, they gave a long-term um, contract to, so he's going to be there more so for his leadership than his play on the field, and that is completely okay because Witten is going in there as basically as a pseudo-player coach. Uh, I want to ask you... Talk about, Sorry, go ahead. But when we talk about Graham, I mean, when he does make it, you're going to have to deal with Rob Gronkowski... Um, you're going to deal with Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Gates, and also Jason Wynn when he retires. And not only that, right now, you have two tight ends, Ben Coates and Keith Jackson, who had three or more, who had three or more um, All-Pros and had really dominant seasons. I'm shocked those guys are not semifinalists yet. And those guys are semifinalists yet. Yeah, no, that's so true. Be, unless they, you know, do what I want them to do, and it's kind of like to open it up a little bit more. I, I want, I want to ask you this as a future broadcaster, someone who, uh, you know, every every time uh, you know you watch a college football game, oh, we're going to be seeing these guys on Sundays. Here's what I'm just going to say about Vinny: you're going to hear him on Sundays. So as a you, don't let me down. So as a future broadcaster, you think here. Uh, Jason Witten, like, why does he want to sort of like keep going and not maybe go back to the booth? He wasn't terrible. Because he hated it there, honestly. Was that, was he didn't that, like wearing the hairpiece. He didn't, I mean, he like, didn't like wearing the hairpiece. And I don't know, I, he just didn't really care for it there. He didn't like how he was being ripped apart a lot. And yeah, he just wants to keep playing. And honestly, I would not be shocked if he continues playing for another year after 2020. I can honestly see him playing until the 2021 season at least. There's another uh, thing you wanted to talk about, uh, Mr. Campbell. Uh, Mr. Campbell? Calais Campbell. Yeah, Calais Campbell. This is a guy that's very high on my board uh, for, for future Hall of Famers. He, is, he, has a, he has a de facto six Pro Bowls, which means that one of his Pro Bowls, he was an All-Pro, but wasn't actually Pro Bowl. They were four, six de facto six Pro Bowls, three-time All-Pro. And he was he was the best player on that Jacksonville Jaguars defense. He was the leader of that defense. And now he got traded to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> so that tells you right there, Jacksonville is dead, bro. Mm-hmm. Everyone from that 2017 team, where they made the AFC Championship game after missing the playoffs the last 10 seasons, are gone. All you have left is Yannick Ngakwe, and he's getting, probably going to get traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. He's hoping. Yeah, it looks he, he like wants out pretty bad. Case. I think it's going to happen. And, man, Jalen Ramsey, the Jaguars got two first-rounders out of him, so they'd be happy for that. And, hell, if he, in fact, if Ngakwe does get traded for a first-rounder, man, you guys, the Jaguars and the Dolphins with three first-round picks and the Raiders with two first-round picks and the Vikings with two first-round picks. I would not be shocked if one of those teams like the Jaguars or the Dolphins trade up a little bit and get some higher quality players in this draft. I can really see it. I'm betting on it. And I think that when we got a one more that, I, that I know you wanted to talk about, you want to talk about Andrew Whitworth. Yes, I do want to talk about Andrew Whitworth. Um, you know, Andrew Whitworth, will he make the hall of fame? I'm not too sure. Um, maybe Jason Peters is currently a free agent. He'll definitely make the hall of fame, but currently he's not signed yet. So I can't really talk about him, but Andrew Whitworth in his age 38, He's age 38 and is going to be playing in, let's see, what year he's going into. Andrew Whitworth will be going into his, um, he, he uh, started in 2006 and he's going to 2020. So he got a three-year deal, but in terms of guarantees, it's a one-year contract. So I think, I don't think Whitworth will get another Pro Bowl or an All-Pro. However, a couple seasons ago in 2017, he made it as an All-Pro and as a Pro Bowler. And honestly, he's been an alternate numerous times. So if things might have gone in his favor, if a little bit more guys backed out as they did now, the guy could have had at least seven Pro Bowls by now. I really do. Because that's why I always keep in caution with the ultimates. Because Ben Roethlisberger would have made it as an alternate, but he declined. Matt Ryan was a first alternate, but he also declined. So are you really are you really going to hold that against Ben Roethlisberger or Matt Ryan because they declined to go to an exhibition game and play someone else? No, I, are you I, really going to do that? 
Well, I, I, fr- I mean, fr- with- frankly, if I'm if I'm any NFL player and I'm selected to the Pro Bowl, I should try and figure out any way not to play. Oh yeah, and same thing with London Fletcher. I mean, London Fletcher was a alternate numerous times. I think he was an alternate like five times or something like that. Like where he was close to it, and he didn't make his first Pro Bowl, like official Pro Bowl, until 2009. I mean, if he made those Pro Bowls, he probably would have had like seven or eight Pro Bowls in total. I mean. I mean, are you re- should people really hold that against London Fletcher because some guy that, that was already selected decided not to go to it? Not at all. London Fletcher, he never missed a game in his career, and he has, oh my God, like tackle on tackle on tackle on tackle on tackle. Sorry about that as well. Like, I would not hold that against Whitworth. In fact, I would benefit him because he still played Pro Bowl caliber seasons without the official official Pro Bowl nod. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold that against him. No. None of the others would, but whoever is going to really hold it needs to get their brain checked. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Whitworth also. Uh, so I think we pretty much hit the big ones. Obviously, there's a lot, lot of other deals that sort of transpired. But these are the ones that I think are sort of Hall of Fame related and even the ones that aren't. Uh, like Diggs right now, he's not exactly in that conversation, but he certainly could be. Uh, any any other oh, big thing that, that you want to sort of like uh, touch before we uh, call it a call it a show? Actually, uh, I have one. Uh, Gerald McCoy, he signed mm. a three year deal, um, $18.3 million. It's the guy with several Pro Bowls and several All Pros. I think you know if he has another Pro Bowl season or two, I think he'll definitely be in the conversation. And as for another guy, hmm. well, Darius Slade just had was uh, that happened today. Well, Darius Slade, right now he only has three Pro Bowls and one All Pro. Right now, I don't put him in that level just yet. I think it's, I think he needs to have a several more um, Pro Bowls. But, but what do you think of that and deal, though? I like it for the Eagles. Um, they wanted Chris Harris Jr., who some are saying he has he's actually gotten a little bit of um, steam for potential Hall of Fame. I'm not too sure yet for Chris Harris Jr. Hell, he even said that I need two more all, I maybe need one or two more all pros and right. 15 interceptions to make the Hall of Fame, even though there's no set criteria. But, you know, no, got that right. Statistical dominance, like PFF grades in terms of his dominance and contributions to the team, there is some demand for Chris Harris Jr. So I would not be against it. However, I think when it comes to, I could see him potentially as an all pro. But the most I could see him as an all-decade would be second team. Mm-hmm. And you're the special teams guru also. Uh, Vinatieri, is he mm-hmm. coming back? I have no idea. I have no idea if Adam Vinatieri is coming back. Um, I'm so happy that Matthew Slater's re-signed. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thought so you might be. Um, I don't know if Stephen Gostkowski thing. I think I, I think he probably will. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy the – I'm happy the um, – I'm very, very happy the Patriots are keeping a few hall, a few future Hall of Famers around. Even if they don't play a sexy position like quarterback, you need to the, – the kicker gets a lot more pressure than most, and they get treated very, very poorly by others. And the special teamer, Matthew Slater, oh, my God. You're talking about a guy that might be a, a coordinator or a head coach someday. That's how much of a leader he is for that entire team. And Devin McCourty, too. Hey, some are even saying he might even have a chance. I don't know because you've seen some, like, you know, PFF's very high on him. Very physically, he's very dominant. In terms of leadership, he's very dominant. And I do think with a lot of these Patriots players, you're going to see a lot of demand because next year, you're going to, because this year, you're going to get Logan Mankin up for his first year of eligibility. Logan Mankin, I have a lot of love for Logan Mankin. The guy was a six time, six time All Pro and a seven time Pro Bowler. I'm very high on Logan Mankin. And hey, I, as I, these Patriots teams, I mean, it's not biased or anything, but when you're dominant for 20 years, do you really think it's just seven guys? I think there needs to be more. There Absolutely. Be more. You, you need more than just Brady, Belichick, um, Kraft, Law, Seymour, uh, Vinatieri, and Gronkowski. You need to have, you need to have um, Harrison. You need Will Fork. You need Welker. You need you need these these players these real dominant players, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy for Slater. I, I hope I hope he makes his ninth and even hopefully tenth Pro Bowl because the dude deserves it so badly. Well, uh, we might be doing this again depending on what happens in the next week or so. 
thanks to the NFL for at least giving sports fans something to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. I've done nothing except for watching free agency and just seeing the death total in places like Italy, China, (laughs) America continue to climb. And I don't have school for the rest of the semester. No, I guess not. Online online classes until further notice. Yay me. I need refunds for for my dorm and everything and my... (laughs) Who knows? Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess you're kicked out of the dorm, too, huh? Yeah, yeah, we were, we're leaving our dorms. Uh, we better get reimbursed. I better get reimbursed for that. <laughs> oh, my God. All these little things yeah. that, you know, like, I wouldn't think about, but life as we know it is so different. Uh, I don't even know. Actually, I, what I'm going to what I'm gonna start doing for my sports fix, I found, like, a YouTube channel where they just sort of, like, compiled all, like, all these games from like 1981, the full NFL games. And I think that's what I'm going to start watching as my background as I'm writing material for the site. Also, by the way, I got to say thank you. Thank you so much for um, adding William Hapelfinger and Charles Fallis in the um, the uh, player list. Even though I would have had those two a little bit higher, I'm still <laughs> happy they're on there. I'm happy they're high. And I definitely think, you know, as I shower you more with my, with Pudge and uh, the Black Cyclone, with Pudge and the Black Cyclones, because those were their nicknames, they might get a higher end. Hey, you know, if my, my, my sports journalism professor, he's been in the industry for 50 years, and he's never even heard of Charles Fallop until I made that um, paper. Well, Pudge and the Black Cyclone are far better nicknames than the, I, I read about the two new Marvel characters, Snowflake and Safe Space. I, I'm still shocked that even real characters. I love Marvel to death, but did April Fools come early this this year? I mean, you're joking me, right? Like, why are you calling them that? You're just going to get mockery uh, beyond mockery. Uh, yeah. If, well, anything, if anything, why are you why are you naming characters after massive stereotypes? Like that doesn't seem right. I mean, you don't see. Let's say in the '60s, they decided to make they decided to make um. Let's say they decide to make an, an, an Italian character WAP, or if they decide to make, um, or or they decide to um, make an Asian character squinty, stuff like that. Well, Why would you give them stuff? in the seventies, they kind of did. Uh, so when I was a kid, one of the cartoons I'd watch. That's when cartoons were on Saturday mornings, kids. <laughs> Back then, I, oh, I watch. I I know my Hanna Barbera. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> so one of them was uh, the Super Friends. And yeah, that's super- okay, so like they they'd had their their core thing, and then I remember as a kid thinking, well, okay, I, they're they're not in water. I know Aquaman won't be used this episode. And uh, Black Bulk and Apache Chief. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm going. So they 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 created these characters that were granted. This is the DC universe. So yeah, yeah, the Apache Chief just spoke like I like uh, uh, in our native in our native land. Then, then we had we sprinkled up, you know, just all, such a horrible stereotype. Him, El Samurai, or not El Samurai, it was Samurai, and I think there was El Dorado, who just always, the, the he was the, the Mexican one, Mexican superhero, he could just disappear, so I guess presumably so he could steal hubcaps, I don't know. It was, it was awful. And they, they I were... Don't even, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even know why they. I mean, uh, DC had so many characters. You have, you know, you. Why did you have these like other characters? Because they didn't have enough characters. Then, I mean, why are you having? Well, they were tr- they were trying characters? to they were trying to be international and woke, and and that was all fine and good. But then they went through a complete stere- They they went all stereotype, and you know, if you put if you put together a good character, regardless of their sexual orientation, age, gender race you're gonna have a winner that's all you got to do uh why do why did why did everybody go see black panther because it was fucking awesome i mean i remember actually um people were getting mad um that birds of prey uh, didn't do as well as Sonic the hedgehog and uh yeah i i, I know yeah, i saw that because they were because they uh, altered the character they if, if you've got if the characters stink it's not gonna work uh, men will go see kick-ass women characters provide, if, if it's all done well. Why did Wonder Woman kick butt? 
because that was the problem. Like the DC, the DC reboot. I, I'm surprised we're going down this this uh, route. Uh, hasn't been very good, but the Wonder Woman film, in my opinion, was the best of the lot. What do you think? Oh, I mean, with DC, I mean, with me, I gotta say, release the Snyder cut. But uh, I think when it comes to DC fans, they're a lot more. They seem a lot more agitated than Marvel fans. Like, again, when I mentioned Birds of Prey, they were upset because, you know, Birds of Prey, you know, woman movie, and Sonic. I mean, the design, I know that people talk about the design. The design was most likely going to change it anyway, and it worked out, and it worked out better for them because it's like one of the, it was like the only movie that's been a blockbuster this whole year. I mean, probably not, I wouldn't be shocked if, imagine if, like, they, um, they get nominated for like Best Texture because there's no other movies out. Yeah, the oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah, that could affect all the Oscars too. I can't, I, I, I can't get into the Oscars. My wife makes me watch it, and then she always falls asleep. And then every time I turn the channel, she wakes up. When it comes to the Oscars, it's like everyone gets mad when you know their their movie didn't do it, and like I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, and even then, all I gotta say is, hey, the ratings are going down and down and down and down. It's actually not really because of streaming. Because people are not really interested as much as they used to be, period. No, they're not. And no. although I, I do have to see Parasite, haven't seen it. Uh, I'm damn curious. Great. Is it good? Great movie. Great movie. You just got to read subtitles. Just well, read subtitles. That's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I, I was on a, some people. Back when I was your people. age, I was on a foreign movie kick, which I was. So I was watching as much foreign films as I could get my hands on for whatever reason. So no, that one I, wow. I wouldn't mind. Although. The ironic thing here in the Buckner household, uh, my wife just loves Korean drama, so she watches all sorts of that. And then when I said, okay, well, let's go watch Parasite, she didn't want to see it because it's not a love story. <laughs> well, yeah, not everything could be a love Not everything is a love story. I mean, well, I know, just- but she works her butt off every day, so she wants her entertainment to be mindless. So I certainly can respect that. But yeah, that's not kind of how I thought we'd end the show, but here we are. Uh, We'll do this again should there be more blockbusters, and there very well could be. And maybe we do a draft reaction show. Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. I want to see Black. I want to see Black Widow. I want to see. Uh, I don't know what else I want to see. Uh, really, Black Widow has really been on my mind. New Mutants. They just dumped that thing on streaming already. That's been postponed for like what five times which, now. Which movie? New Mutants. Oh, New Mutants. Oh, new Mutants. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I have no interest in that. I don't have any interest in that either because the Fox, the issue with the Fox X-Men films that the continuity is all over the place. The fans didn't really care. And let's be real. I mean, uh, really? Uh, ugh, no, it's going to bother me. I'm on streaming. Just call it a day. That's all I say, Disney. Not listen to me. You're not whatever. You're still going to make money either way. You no onward bombed. Yeah, I know my movies. So what? <laughs> That's it. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Thanks so much, Vinny. And we'll do this again soon. Uh, thank you too. And uh, before we go, I gotta say, uh, Bears fans, uh, chill out, please. <laughs> Jake, good luck. Thanks. See you. Certainly. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Buck Stops here, and we implore everyone out there stay safe. And uh, we'll bring you some more content here from NotInHallOfFame.com. Thanks so much.